Hello and welcome to PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein, and today we're talking with Dr. Kenneth Veit, Provost, Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs and Dean at PCOM. This week marks National Osteopathic Medicine Week, and we're discussing the growth of the field, which just celebrated its 125th year, and also what the future holds for DOs. Welcome, Dr. Veit. Thank you, Dr. Feldstein. So, Dr. Veit, when osteopathic medicine was founded, now more than 125 years ago, it was considered a radical and innovative way to look at healthcare. How do you think that innovation continues today? I think we have to understand what medicine was like 25, 125 years ago to put it in perspective. 125 years ago, medicine was really in its infancy. There was very little pharmacology. There was very little science medicine. And that was the era that osteopathic medicine was founded in. Uh, osteopathic medicine got founded by a philosophical basis. And that philosophical basis was based on holism. It was based on the muscular skeletal system. It was based on the interconnectivity. It was also based on the feeling that the body could be self-healing. Now, those were radical concepts back 125 years ago. Now, as time has moved on, and as osteopathic medicine accepted scientific principles, moved into um, more of the mainstream thought process, and some of these philosophical tenets have actually been accepted now. These philosophical tenets, like the body is self-healing, we know about antibiotics now, so we know the body can self-heal. They didn't know that 125 years ago. So it was innovative, it was quite, um, a, a, quite a, a sort of a revolution 125 years ago, but as time has moved on, many of the philosophical tenets have been proven. Uh, however, I still think at the root, osteopathic medicine still lives with those osteopathic tenets, which continues to make us a bit different today. Was osteopathic medicine started by a layperson or was it started by a physician? It was started by Andrew Taylor Still, who was an MD, practicing as an MD at the time. He was trained, like many doctors, through a preceptor model. Uh, he was in the Civil War. He practiced as a doctor. He went back to his hometown in Kirksville, Missouri, and felt that medicine was really probably hurting more people than helping. He then adopted a musculoskeletal approach, recognizing these basic philosophical tenets. By using these tenets, he actually found out he actually helped a lot of people. And he then started his own osteopathic school, started his own profession. That was not unusual back 125 years ago when many, many schools of medicine existed. Uh, many of these schools of medicine have merged. Uh, osteopathic medicine has maintained its distinction and continues to grow strong today. We're seeing tremendous growth in a number of students coming into osteopathic schools for their medical degree. Why do you think that is? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think number one is I think that the basic tenets are very accepted today by the youth of today. Uh, these tenets, I think, are very attractive. Uh, there may, might be a feeling that medicine isn't what it should be today, and looking at osteopathic medicine, I think there's an attraction. I also think just the growth of our profession has made our profession better known. I think more people know about osteopathic medicine than ever before. Therefore, it's looking at a viable way to be, to be a physician in our society today. How have you seen the profession change since you graduated from PCOM? And how have you seen PCOM itself change? Oh, the, uh, all professions have to change. 
Uh, if you don't change, you basically die. And osteopathic medicine has changed tremendously over the years. Uh, it has adopted more scientific principles. It has perhaps become more integrated with allopathic medicine than ever before. Um, there is a lot of DOs, MDs who are practicing together in the same groups. Hospitals are now mixed staff uh, hospitals. So therefore, there is an integration, but still with a distinction that we'd like to think is valuable to society. PCOM also has changed. PCOM has grown with the profession. We have branched into many, many other schools other than just osteopathic medicine. We are a true believer in, in interprofessional education, our psychology program, our uh, PA program, our pharmacy program all work together to uh, create an environment that we believe the practitioners of the future can grow and learn from each other. My turn. Your turn. My turn, Dr. Felstein. Why did you choose to become an osteopathic physician, and what is it that you love most about the profession? When I was in high school and college, I was exposed to some osteopathic physicians who served as mentors. And while in college, uh, in my liberal arts honors program, became very interested in Eastern and alternative philosophies of medicine. And the holistic philosophy of the osteopathic profession really appealed to me. And it was kind of where I thought, you know, medicine should be kind of looking at the patient holistically, allowing the patient to heal themselves and really just having additional ways to look at a patient in totality. Uh, what I love about this profession the most is the osteopathic profession shares a common bond, whether you went to PCOM or Kirksville or any other osteopathic school, when you meet a fellow DO, there's an instant bond there that's special and, and always will be. I think some of those feelings exist today in the students who choose osteopathic medicine. Uh, how do you see the profession changing and what are some of the challenges we may face in the future? I, I think the profession is changing much to, in the way that you said, adopting more uh, tenets, uh, scientific research to prove osteopathic manipulation, I also think we're becoming more accepted as the rest of the world catches up with the integrated philosophy of looking at patients holistically. And I also think that uh, we're a victim of our success in terms of challenges. We're graduating more and more osteopathic physicians, but yet the graduate medical education world in terms of residencies hasn't kept up. And there's also a lot of additional white coat requirements in terms of PA programs, nurse practitioner programs, and allopathic schools are increasing their class size as well. So I think one of the challenges for our profession is graduate medical education. What is your hope for the nearly 400 newly minted osteopathic physicians that we graduate each year? What do you want to see from them? I hope they practice what we preach, that when they get out in their residencies and get out and practice, they, they keep to their osteopathic tenants they look at patients holistically, and that they continue to put the patient first. And in addition, that they take leadership roles. You know, medicine's a constantly changing and evolving field, and we need our young graduates to be leaders in that world. As we strive to meet the needs of an ever-changing healthcare field, to learn more about PCOM's role in osteopathic history, visit pcom.edu history. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.